Good morning, everybody. Um, we're back again in Black Shared Studios in Belfast. We have a special guest with us again, and it's uh, Zoe Smedberg. Well done. Yes. <laughs> that was good. I was worried about the pronunciation of that one. <laughs> I, was, um, I was waiting, <laughs> just to see how it goes. Yes. I felt the eyes at me, I was like, we're going to get it right. Uh, but we've got Zoe Smedberg with us um, from the Hair Extension Hub. Yeah. That's right. So it's good to have you with us. Thank yeah, you. Thank you for coming in. We're um, excited to ask some questions and probably just learn a wee bit about what you do. Awesome. And um, well, as far as we're aware, you do quite a lot of <laughs> different things. So like, it would be interested to hear. I'm I'm super interested in this this studio that you're talking about before we started here. So like, that's my main thing. I'm all DIY sounds great, <laughs> but we'll pace ourselves. I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so you were saying that you're not from Belfast. No, so do you maybe want to start off with like where you're from, what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm actually half Swedish. So oh. my biological father is Swedish. Um, but I was born in Balamoney and raised pretty much my whole life in Castle Rock. Yeah. I knew I recognised the accent. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> my uncle has a van up there, so we would stay up really? there in the summers. Well, I get told I have a very mixed accent because I studied in England for about six years and then I've travelled a bit. And my mum always had a bit of an English twang to her voice because she's half English. Yeah. So I think my accent's a, a bit muddled. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can sort of get the wee bit of English in there, yeah. <laughs> I can see it too. There's definitely something you said there earlier and I was like, sounds like my cousin. Really? Yeah, 100%. They're yeah. from well, they're from Ballymena, but... Mm-hmm would be up that direction practically cousins that's it <laughs> the, whole, the whole country is yeah. <laughs> yeah so I pretty I lived there till I was about 18 and then went off to Winchester University studied creative writing and drama and then moved back probably when I was about 21 and I've kind of dabbled in between the two countries and a bit of travel in between but I'm settled now okay. I'm loving being back in Northern Ireland truly oh really, good, really nice. <laughs> good. <laughs> that's a great start yeah so ball of money then that's where it all started. Yeah, um, well, that's where it was business, born. Your businesses are as well. No, so I actually, um, it's a bit of an odd roundabout way into the business. Um, as I say, I was studying creative writing and drama. I had mm-hmm. absolutely no passion or desire for the hair and beauty industry okay. whatsoever. Um, but I've always had really fine hair myself. So from the age of 13, I always wore clippings and I actually used to make my own weaves and my own clippings. I used to buy bulk hair, colour them, stitch the clips on and everything. So I had a natural flair for that. Um, And then whenever I went to uni, I just couldn't afford the upkeep of the semi-permanent methods I was getting. At the time, I was getting micro rings and glue-ins. And so I decided I would do a course, learn it myself, see if I could do my own. I couldn't. (laughs) But I was able to do friends and they did mine. I trained them up and things like that. And it it kind of just naturally evolved. even when I did it for about six months, I was earning, I was working two bar jobs, studying full time. I needed something else to pay my rent. It was so expensive. And I always knew that I want, initially I wanted to become an actress. And uh, I always knew that I would need a plan B to fund me going for auditions and not being able to work a full time job. And it just naturally progressed from there. And I put up a post. I remember sitting in Birmingham in my sister's apartment, put up a post to say that I was moving back to Northern Ireland. And actually, do you know the um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air song? Yes. yes. So this is the story all about. I actually <laughs> changed the lyrics well. of that, oh. <laughs> and I put up this is the story all about how my life turned up, switch upside down, whatever it is. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, and I'll tell you how you can get a discount on hair. And yeah. I kind of oh, elaborated good. from that. Oh, I and like it. <laughs> people from school saw it and they went crazy for it. Nobody really was doing it at the time. I think there was one other lady. Oh, in, wow. 
in the area so it it was great for me. Yeah, a real gap in the market, <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, that's perfect. And totally unintentional. But here we are, what, seven years later, still doing it and opening my second salon. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that's Brilliant. so exciting. Um, so you have obviously got a creative side then too. If yeah. you're saying that you've been able to do it while making the weaves and things with your own hands. Yeah. Do you do other creative things? Like, are you into painting or DIY? <laughs> well, my sister's... That wasn't a question at all. <laughs> My sister's actually an artist and a jewellery designer. Um, So I think we grew up with a very creative family and even our Swedish relatives, our Irish relatives, um, we always, you know, there was obviously no iPads and phones to sit and play with all day. So we were told to go outside and play. We would do lots of art-related stuff. Um, So I think that naturally derived from a young childhood. And now I'm not the creative one in in comparison to my sister but I would be more the business minded and she's the creative and the two coming together makes a really good team when we can do that um but I do have a DIY flair and I think it more comes from loving a bargain Uh, rather than the actual creative process yeah okay um so I mean the DIYs I've done in this second premises is so incredible how much money I've saved my first salon was in Coleraine and I had new business passion. I had never done that before. I went way overboard with spending so much money. I spent more money than I actually had. And I was recovering from that a long time after. And then that premises turned out not to be useful long term. So I had to leave and start up a second salon in Coleraine. And I pumped thousands of pounds into that as well and lost my initial investment from the first premises. And, um, yeah I said to myself I always wanted to open a second in Belfast and hopefully down the line there'll be more somewhere else um but I didn't want to spend the money this time so I've repurposed things honestly things you wouldn't even think of um I can give you some examples if you want yes but (laughs) (laughs) I mean yeah yeah cool whatever well you'll be impressed so when I moved to a second salon premises in Coleraine there was um like a kitchen area which I didn't need and I turned that kitchen area into a beauty room um, which meant we took all the kitchen cupboards and everything out of it. My mum does not like throwing away stuff because she always has in her head a purpose for something or you might need this some other time. So she has a shed full of old furniture that nobody's ever using (laughs) and I went down last week, grabbed a few things, grabbed one double unit from the, the old kitchen it wasn't even mine and brought that up to see what I could make use of and uh, decided to turn it into a reception desk so oh, I've cool. painted it all grey it actually cleaned it up painted it looks really good and then I had a glass coffee table that I wasn't really using so I was just looking at the two and I figured I could take the glass topper of the coffee table with the poles make a sort of underneath unit of the reception desk set that on top and then I'm going to put stones and my leaflets and business cards and everything into it so it it actually looks really good and you would never know it was a kitchen cabinet and you've done it yourself which probably looks like yeah my fella helped me with the drilling and stuff obviously and measuring all the wood and cutting the wood up and everything but the idea essentially it you know it wasn't even a Pinterest inspired it was just something that naturally (laughs) (laughs) came to my mind and I'll tell you something even better my my first sign was about I think twelve hundred pounds, which is extortionate. Some it's an expense you don't really think yeah. that you have to pay That's out. Necessary yeah. too. Yeah. I was able to take the letters off my first sign, and I spent twenty quid on my new 
sign. So I got a big uh, plank of six mil MDF wood from B&Q, got it cut to size, Joel nailed it up and we painted it. And treated it and everything and we were able to map out the letters so 20 quid for a business sign is just unheard of yeah, <laughs> i'm loving it we painted the floor oh okay. yeah so whenever we got there there was a carpet and obviously kind of a carpet in a salon but we were so so lucky to pull the carpet up and it actually had quite a good solid and smooth concrete floor and um, we were just going to try and polish it up but it was too difficult to get the glue and everything so we literally just put like a grey paint down and it looks like a really nice grey concrete floor. Yeah, no, that works. I'm loving it. That's pretty much the only expenses this time. I've repurposed mirrors and yeah, chairs and everything. everything. Yeah, that's so Because I went so overboard the first two salons. <laughs> yeah, I'm really proud of it. Oh, brilliant. I'm so chuffed. <laughs> like, that sounds class. Yeah. And when is it that you're planning on opening then this? Well, one? I set myself a date for Monday the 25th. This month? Yeah. Oh, girl. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's so exciting. March. March. Yeah. March, isn't it? This is March. That's, okay. So that's like five five days? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but everything's done. The outside shutter and doors and windowsills and everything need to be painted, which is going to be done today. It needs a good clean after all the dust and everything. And then it's really just a case of putting the chairs down and oh. patching up little bits, putting art and certificates up, and it is ready to go. Oh, I need funny. my card reader, so... I've got a phone call today to get a new one installed and hopefully they can do that fairly quickly. And that's pretty much it. My stocks in the beauty room. That's brilliant. Yeah, this one was so easy. That's why I went for it. And it was quite a long process to get the premises. And I was on the phone to them about three or four times a day chasing it up. And I was being highly annoying, I'm sure, (laughs) to everyone in the office. But I just knew, I had that feeling when I walked in. I was like, this is going to cost me very little in terms of actually starting it up. So I just, I need it. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to go for it. So Brilliant. And where is it? It's on the Castleway Road. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So it's a pretty good location. Too. It like is. You've, you've got it all set. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's good fit. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> I'm like, let me in, let me in. I want to see this <laughs> yeah. worktop. <laughs> yeah, we do have um, bookings already, which were booked in a couple of weeks ago online. So that's a nice sort of start to it all and I just launched a competition yesterday which is on our Facebook page and it's on our Instagram page and so there's going to be two winners and there will be one from Instagram one from Facebook and they can win any set of extensions any method of their choice including the application cut and style so that's still running I don't know when there's no (laughs) there's no closing date we're just I'm trying to get a certain amount of um, followers and likes so for Instagram I'm currently on like 960 I want to get 1500 and Facebook we are about 4200 and I want to get that to 5000 and as soon as we do that I'll close competition and probably do another one (laughs) yeah well if it works yeah it's great yeah and yeah, there'll be people crying out for it. I have a few friends that live for their extensions, actually. So yeah. I'll have to let them know that it's going on. They probably know about you already if you've already got the, the one premises. Hopefully. But still, <laughs> I'll be passing it on and I'll yeah. be like, tag me on this. I also want to win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah too. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, do you do colouring? Because that's what they... Oh, don't. Every like, 25 minutes she has a conversation with me about colouring her hair. Really? Yeah. I do love colouring hair. I can colour hair, yeah, um, but I choose of. not to. As much as I can. It looks, no, yours are probably like a lot better than this. I did a, a box dye the other day. It was supposed to turn out like gingery red and it's gone like, well, I literally, I'm the same colour as the cabinet beside me. Like I like it. it. It's okay. Like it's manageable, but it's not what I wanted. Like I'm not mad about it, but I'm just not. You want it more vibrant? Yeah. It was nicer before. I just don't know what any of this means. You just don't <laughs> care either. 
<laughs> it's just like, did, did you did you change something? <laughs> I'm not sure you changed something. Okay, you just no. don't know what it is. I just like <laughs> something is different. Congratulations <laughs> on your new hair. <laughs> Thanks, great myself. <laughs> oh dear. No, well, yeah, I could do with I could do with yeah. professional color. Well, but. we can do colors. Um, obviously, the hair extensions that we fit remain in the hair for about three months at a time. And within that time, you don't really see your root regrowth as much. So it's a really good opportunity to give your hair a break. Um, obviously, with the extra hair added, the ratio of your roots is so minute compared to what it would be if your hair was short. Yes. Um, but at removals and refits, often our clients do need that done. I haven't been doing it so far. We normally work alongside other salons oh, and yeah. kind of bounce back and forward, which I really like. Oh, yeah, that's a great way to work. Yeah. And there's no sink in the Belfast premises. There is in Coleraine. Um, it's just not a priority right now. I do have other priorities, things that I would love to tell you about, but I can't. Keep <laughs> picked. I love it. <laughs> yeah, um, but I'd rather prioritise that because I think that would be a lot more beneficial to the clients and to the oh, business yeah. um, than colours at the moment, and then we can introduce colours again. Yeah, well, that sounds great. <laughs> um, I, I've got a stereotypical, probably bloke question. What is it? Oh, is it real hair? Yes, absolutely. Like, do you put, like real per other people's hair in your hair. Essentially, yeah. Uh, that still um, shocks me to this day, come, even where saying they come that. From? Like, I'm going to answer the questions you want to ask because I get asked them all okay, the time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it does not come from dead people. Okay. Because <laughs> I've just been know asked that. That's that. What he's thinking about yeah. it. <laughs> it does not come from off cuts on a salon floor. And uh, well, I mean, this is the sad part of the hair extension industry and I'm quite an ethical person as much as I can be. I don't use um, products that are tested on animals. I like to use vegan stuff as much as possible. And now with the whole new plastic trend, I'm also trying to make small changes um, to cut down plastic. The hair extension industry, unfortunately, is not the most ethical industry. Um, And that bothers me sometimes. But what you can do is make sure that it is as ethically sourced as it could be so there are situations where people will maybe get their hair shaved off against their will when they're sleeping and these normally men yeah these normally men will try and and sell it for profit um and there's not how do i say this you can never be 100% guaranteed unless you've got some kind of tracking system and we try our best to do that what the hair normal like ethical hair normally comes from indian temples so people are actually donating their hair as a sacrifice to like their god and they're normally lined up um, outside the temples and then they get it cut and then that hair gets sorted into categories of like medium quality poorer quality really rich high quality hair and then the factories come and bid on that and the highest bid gets the highest quality hair that then gets taken to factories which could be all over the world it could be in russia it could be in china wherever whatever factory you tend to work with and they clean it they process it um they color it to whatever colors that the european market needs and then that hair that was given to the temples goes back into the community so it funds the hospital schooling system medical systems all of that sort of stuff that is the most ethical way to get hair or when I'm sure you've heard like Russian hair, European hair is the most expensive to buy. That's because you're in a completely different country there. You're in more of a a first world country. So those girls will take vitamins, eat really healthy diets. They'll go to a hairdresser, get their hair cut. They'll be paid for that. The salon will then pass that on and make a profit to the factories. (laughs) But they are a lot higher 
price margin than the Indian hair would be. Indian hair, like, would all be darker coloured as well. Yeah. Whereas if you've got European hair, like, you probably have more of a range of colours and therefore it doesn't need to be treated the same. Do you know, it's really funny when people ask me that. I could go into so much detail about the hair extension industry because I'm so passionate about it. So much of it is a myth. So much of it is, like, um, massive companies pulling the blinders over your eyes. There's this grading system that people have made up along the way if you've ever if you know much about hair extensions you'll see there's 3a hair 4a hair right up to and it gets ridiculous sometimes like 13a hair and they're actually putting grade a a a a (laughs) and it's so ridiculous that's like your a levels (laughs) (laughs) that was witty um but the grading system actually doesn't exist it's something that um factories are making up and then um, suppliers, you know, like myself, are buying into it, and then they're passing that like fake knowledge onto the customer, and then the customers are saying, "Oh, don't get eleven a hair, get thirteen a hair." There's no such thing, and the way I try to describe it to my clients is, you can have so take the Indian and Russian for example, um, but in the the European market, so you could have a lady here with jet black hair. She could go to a really good salon and get it coloured like bleach blonde within maybe three stages and um, they'll use treatments like Olaplex or something which is something we use to make sure the integrity of the hair remains intact they can use good products all that sort of stuff and she could have really good results mm-hmm. and then you could have somebody with light brown hair naturally or blonde hair and they could go to a salon to go even lighter and they could go to a bad salon uh, yes. that uses rubbish ingredients uh, rubbish products quick results and her hair is going to be left in a lesser integrity than the yeah. hair that started off jet black. So there is a bit of a conception there that Russian hair would be better in that sense, but it's how it's held, okay. how it's treated, how it's processed that actually makes the difference of what's going to last and what's not. And I would never yeah. have considered the, the process along the way. <laughs> Just assume like if it starts off blonde, you it's know, going to it's, be better. It's results. going to be better, but it might not because no. bleaching doesn't necessarily do the damage. Yeah, and I know with our factory, our um. Our colours are actually, they undergo a six-week process. So if we have like jet black hair and we need to get platinum, it takes six weeks to colour that. So it's in a cold room with like really, really low volume peroxides and try to use natural lifting ingredients and then it's treated. So there's no, it's not going into the salon and just getting it bleached within an hour and go out. You know, so that way it maintains the integrity. Pretty good. You can tell I could talk about hair <laughs> for days. Like, totally there's this whole other world I yeah, haven't like, discovered. <laughs> people put a lot of people's hair in their hair. And, yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. What's going on? What what kind of style do you reckon you would you would give Ryan if he was coming for extensions? Well, it depends what length you would want to go. You could do a mesh integration system, um, which is actually for people with <laughs> very like short hair. Yeah, it sounds like. Um, yeah, it's for people with very, very short hair or if men want to do put on a long... It's kind of like a wig, but it stays on better. It stays on for about 12 weeks at a time. But it is actually very, very popular at the minute. It's something I would love to do at some stage. Mm, um, but yeah. no, <laughs> I know yeah. that was a joke question, no. but... <laughs> Look, she's a guinea pig here with the video. you so, got to give some. No, it's not. This is not a two-way street. <laughs> I love that, you know, because that was obviously a joke question and I was able to answer it seriously. I'm too serious. I love it. I? Um, but so many men think they are so unique in their jokes. Not you, but you know, have you ever done waitressing? Yes. So I was a waitress for many years or I was working behind the bar for many years and you get the same jokes from the same kind of men and they all think it's pre- like 
completely original and you're just like I've heard it before <laughs> I get it with the hair extension business all the time if anybody finds out that oh, I work at the hair extension shop yeah <laughs> I get no 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 but I get completely bald men they'll walk past the shop they'll see the sign they go oh can you do anything for me and I'm like actually yeah <laughs> and they're so shocked they never know what to say like, and I'm just like yeah I'm like I'm far too serious but I could play along with it and go oh yeah but I'm so sick of it so I'm just like yeah actually come on take a seat on, we'll fix that do you want a consultation <laughs> and it's the same joke all over and over again you're like come on mate <laughs> I would be the opposite I am um, full appreciation of dad jokes the worse the better um, really yeah my friends like I tag them and stuff all the time and they just send me angry faces now on the comments on Facebook because they're like girl stop like you can't I need to add it into your group chats then because I'd probably find that pretty funny <laughs> they hate it yeah I do them but they're all on pencil like we, we do think they're funny like, yeah genuinely yeah. do yeah <laughs> or they they are well they seem to be we'll laugh along but really we're laughing at oh yeah sorry oh. first the bubble there oh. <laughs> awkward <laughs> But, uh, so yeah, that's a whole new world for me. You're uh, discovering new new yeah. things here. Also hair, like, oh, like, I still don't get like people clipping hair and the other, like, how is it? How do you? Do so it? there's so how does it stay there? yeah, that's such a common question. Um, I'm actually qualified in ten different methods, and then I'm qualified to teach. So one of the methods is obviously temporary, um, and that's the clip-ins that you're describing like a, in such beautiful ways. Like a, <laughs> strip usually aren't they they're, they they're called wefts so it's kind of a strip of hair um and then there's clips on those as well so those are great for like, events like, they're how do i describe it they're like no they're bendy ones aren't they yeah they're like snap clips okay. so they have little like prongs to them that slides into the natural hair and when you snap it shut it holds it in place Okay. So one side of those clips is, is like stitched. No, it doesn't. It, it's um, they're really light, so they can be okay. quite light. Yeah, it depends on the hair type. If your natural hair is broken or weak, then it can damage the hair. And um, clip-ins can actually damage your hair more than the semi-permanent methods that we stock because you're adding our clip-ins, for example, are 125 grams of double-drawn hair, so they're quite heavy, um, and they give you lots of volume and length. But that 125 grams is spread out on possibly about 20 clips because they're, they'll do a clip every maybe three or four inches on these wefts. So you're putting all that weight on smaller areas of the hair, whereas our semi-permanent methods are designed for um, all hair types. So we do flexible nanos, tiny eye tips, micro rings, um, keratin pre-bonds, invisibonds, tapes. There's so many different methods. I'm sure I've forgotten one. I'm just watching your brain. Just really... <laughs> <laughs> and each strand of those is about 0.8 grams each. So for you to get 125 grams, that's roughly 150-ish strands. So that's okay. all that weight's put on 150 areas of the hair okay. rather than like 25. Okay. So you can wear those. They stay in the hair. You wash them. You blow dry them. Um, you just treat it as your natural hair. It's a lot of women's best kept secret. I reckon if you walk down the street, most girls are wearing hair extensions and you wouldn't oh, even really? know. Yeah. It's so, so popular. And it's. I have clients, uh, one particular client that comes into my head instantly I'll not say her name she's been with me for about seven years and people still don't know that she wears extensions apart from her husband because right. mm-hmm. she was just she just won't tell people and she'll time her bookings so the removal and the refit process is all done in one day and 
Like you can sleep with them and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Like the uh, the clip-ins, you do take those out. So those are only they're best really for special occasions. Um, if you're going to a formal or a wedding or something, or if you just are a weekend party girl and you just want to wear them at the weekends and have your normal work hair or something during the week. Um, so you don't sleep with those in. That would cause a bit of damage. But the other ones stay in for three months. I have clip-ins at home. And I'm going to bring them into the studio. Yeah. And you're going to put them on. And we're going to send a picture to Zoe. (laughs) We are. 100%. Tomorrow you mark it out out in your diary. I've got stuff on tomorrow. Extension day. What are you you doing? Clip it in your hair? No. He's he's fully booked till 2021. Yeah. 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 We'll see. You just keep a wee eye out on your phone. That picture's coming to you. In fact, it might make it onto our Facebook page. Yeah. I bet you it won't. I bet you it will. <laughs> That's what you least expect. I don't even think you have admin rights on Facebook page. Is that on purpose? Yeah. For this reason, you just expected like, this? 100%. <laughs> well, I do have a couple of demonstration videos on my Facebook page of the tapes going in and other methods going in and out. So we could just use you as the next model. Yes. Um, whenever we're doing some demo videos, maybe for the mesh integration. Are you? Yeah. What day were you thinking? Think. What day were you Tuesday. thinking? Uh, yeah, I was thinking Wednesday, you uh, see. And, and uh, Thursday, Friday, Thursday, I suppose. Friday, oh, all right. Yeah. Well, I'm years. sure we'll coordinate it some year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three years after 2025, I might have a day free. Okay. You're a Dying busy it. man. <laughs> I'll probably have something on that day too. Okay. Are you finished your coffee? <laughs> Yeah. Do you want another one? Yeah. <laughs> or do you want to split it? That's fair. That would be fair. Yes. Do you want a third one? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm okay. Thank you. Do you need? You don't need sugars every day. No, I'm grand. I'm just uh, the same. I drink the same coffee every day. It's either from Tim Hortons, it's the soy milk caramel latte, or from here, it's the soy blonde vanilla oh. latte. What does that it's mean? So good. It's a new roast that they have. It's, I think it's slightly lighter. I don't know. I was in um, America last week, mm-hmm. and uh, for the first time in a long time, I was in Starbucks, and I'm a bit of a coffee snob. Oh, I'm totally a coffee snob. Yeah. Totally. So, I had a Starbucks once, totally ripped for it. Like, people are still being like, you have Starbucks? <laughs> Right. Like, they won't leave me alone if I drink a Starbucks night. Did you, did you put it on your Instagram or something? You really shouldn't. No, it was in the vlog. That's why. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, we, I was I over um, mm-hmm. with um, a woman from Coquilla, an entrepreneur, and she runs a, like, a social enterprise, mm-hmm. Gemma Stevenson. Uh, she'll be on the podcast someday soon. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was over sort of like a, a trip to make connections between America and Bourne. So, we're from... You know the Morden area? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're from there. Cool. And there's quite a lot of connections between there and New York. Like most of the people we were talking to used to live in Kilkeel. Um, but we went over and we vlogged everything that we did. So obviously I'm a videographer. Yeah. So uh, every morning was there a cup of coffee. And day two was Starbucks. And I haven't... Haven't lived it yeah, down. Lived Normally, I try to go mm-hmm. to like ground coffee shop or a more local. Yeah. Um, problem with that is they don't always have soy milk. Uh, yes. So I'm kind of a narrow girl. And then now that moved up to Belfast, I've been drinking Tim Hortons a lot. 
and where I leave, like fun. no, no you see this fan. is their Too next door friends, they like it too much really yeah. <laughs> you just don't approve them right well yeah. Starbucks drive through is right next to it and I would never have mm. dreamed of going through a Starbucks drive through yeah. whenever there's another coffee shop right next door but they mm. always get my order wrong all the time oh, okay. so I'm just like do you know what I'm just going to go to Starbucks next door all the time because it's right around the corner from mm. the salon yeah so frustrating yeah no I would always be like if usually if we're here we'll try to go to the pocket um, yes that's nice the uh, what do you call it district I spent most of my uni life in district right um, just on Stromalis uh, we basically live on Maiden Morning Coffee whenever Maiden we're there Maiden Morning Coffee yeah established uh, Middletown in Ballymena that's up there your part of the country kind of Kind of. Kind of. Like she's from up north. She You're knows everywhere. Country, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like what it takes away. about forty-five minutes to get from here to, ba- to Balamina. Is that right? Maybe half an hour. I don't even mm. know. And yeah. then double that to get where I'm from. Oh, okay. So you'd you, be, you would be proper like coastside yeah, if you're Coleraine and Castle Rock. Yeah, I'm closer to Limavady and Coleraine oh, than I would be to Balamina. Right. Um. Yeah. You ever been to Castle Rock? No. no oh you should it's actually, it's actually really lovely so lovely and the caves and all yeah. oh my word it's the most beautiful beach I have a wedding next month in Limavady yeah yeah you should just well, stop off on your way when's in Rishark and the reception is in Limavady I'm not looking forward to the drive home Why? But, uh, oh because it'll be really late because <laughs> it'll be late um, at night massive and I'm on my own Steve is not at that wedding you should oh. just stay down get cheap B&B yeah. for like 30 quid I might just do that yeah see if I my would. uncle will give you his van for 700 a night you know it's, it's pretty oh, cheap right. yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like uncle that's, pass me some of that cash that's an option <laughs> it's actually um, no it's gorgeous we would have stayed up in the in the summer and then well the caravan park that he's in has is like right beside the the big like valley between it and the muzzled and yeah the whole domain and, and yeah. whatever there it's okay. lovely you've seen pictures of muzzled temple and, oh yeah and the house and all I've there so iconic yeah. You, but you haven't been so you really need to go Mosland <laughs> in itself like it's lovely but it's a temple on the edge of the cliff like there's not a lot to mm. see whereas the old house you can walk right through like, yeah. these lovely old ruins and there's gardens and okay. and sheep everywhere for some reason <laughs> I just love the amount of beaches that are around there they've oh, got yeah. the Castle Rock Beach Benung Beach and Downhill all within like a what is that seven miles radius or something yes, and yeah. then all the forests and obviously the temple is lovely whenever you get Oh, like the nice, pictures and stuff yeah. of it with all the sea behind oh last I do time love I was it there it was shut I was just, is it open are you able to get into it again now? normally yeah I've yeah. never seen it shut to be honest but I would probably be a bit of a rabble if it was shut I would just climb over the fence it wasn't even the fence it was the actual doors really yeah it was all closed and I was like oh have they stopped people going into this because it's so close oh, to the oh the cliff? doors of the temple yeah yeah it's always closed I was in it once years ago yeah but they must have closed it since. Maybe it's a wee bit of a risk. Maybe, I is it? think they do the odd opening day, uh, like really randomly. I've never been in that temple, and I like I can see oh, the temple from my I've house. Been the local girl. <laughs> yeah, but I can actually see the castle from oh, my home, lovely. and I've never been in the temple. But my sister's boyfriend and bro- boyfriend's brother have all been in it, but I haven't. Right. It's just but there you it's go. Just a room, like it's. What's yeah. The reason behind it? What's it there for? What I was it? I presume if it's a temple, it's some, some sort of worship place. Wasn't it a library? Oh. I, I really, do you know what? I didn't read up on it, I'll be honest. I'm well-travelled, but my geography is awful. And okay. my general knowledge and history, I'm not making myself sound good, but my general <laughs> knowledge, history and geography are quite atrocious, unless I'm like actually invested in learning about it. Yeah. I kind of naturally 
switched off from a young age when it came okay. to all of that. I used to believe that history was just so negative and it was making me feel sad. And so I switched off. <laughs> I I'm like that with the news. I'm like, I'm not watching the news. I'll yeah. stay ignorant to current yeah. events. <laughs> yeah, no, I am a bit like that. And I mean, the older I get, the more I think I really should know more about what's going on in the world. But I kind of like living in my little bubble of naivety sometimes as well, because then I wake up and feel great every day <laughs> instead of like this country's falling apart. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I obviously have some knowledge. But when it comes to what specifically is inside the mm-hmm. temple right by my house, I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I just that sort of stuff. Like, I assumed it was a, a worship place if it's called a temple. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe it's just because it's a circle shape. I don't know. I could tell you more about the temples in Thailand because they are well, beautiful. I would like to hear about those. Please continue. Uh, <laughs> no, you should just go. I'm not going to spoil it for you. You should go to Chiang Mai. I took. Um, I used to have a travel YouTube channel. I don't know if you you guys I heard know that. that. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to get it up later, but. Were you? <laughs> um, but in within that trip, we visited I think five different areas of Thailand. We started off in Bangkok. We went to Koh Phangan, Koh Samui. Um, we went to Phuket, which was awful, and <laughs> Chiang Mai. And then we ventured out. We went to Hong Kong and Vietnam as well, and came back into Thailand. But the temples in Chiang Mai was the most beautiful architecture I've ever seen in my life. Oh, the people are so humble, and it's it's authentic (laughs) it's not it's not contrived in any way and oh my god I just love that place did a lot of volunteer work with the elephant sanctuaries and stuff as well um filmed a very small documentary of the elephant poo poo paper place which is hilarious (laughs) they make recyclable paper out of the elephant poo because all they do is eat fiber and trees and bananas and stuff so there's no like dirt really in the elephant poo it's just a big ball of fiber so they process it all clean it and turn it into paper and then they sell that paper it goes back to funding the elephant sanctuary in terms of wow. bananas and everything and it's just a real lovely circle of circle. life you know <laughs> it does yeah. sound a little bit like the lion king and i'm loving yeah. it <laughs> it's really cool that sounds class yeah and um how long were you traveling for there um all of our travel trips were quite small visits we didn't go off for a year and you know travel indefinitely and they were always like sort of pre-planned events and we were working alongside in England and so yeah we went to Thailand for five weeks I think and then we had a couple of like small trips in between more local and then it was the following year actually we went to the Philippines for four weeks and it was lovely as well great yeah I see I'm not a traveller. <laughs> yeah, well, I was kind of waiting to hear how he got on with his flight to America. That was like... <laughs> with my second coffee, yeah. darling. So, I, uh, up until last week, I'd never been outside the British Isles. And then I went to America last week. And the, it's a pretty trip. big first trip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if Jenner asked me to go about six months ago, I said, yeah, sure. Thinking this isn't gonna happen. Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, she's like, "You're going." Like, no. Love that. No. Tough, it's picked. But um, no, flights are not my. I'm not. Really? No. Oh, I don't off. mind it at I all. Don't like, like flying. Don't like it. Don't so long like as I've it. got good moisturizer while I'm on the flight, I'm good. Oh, you're so good. Yeah. Oh. Honestly, it's, your skin dries out so much whenever you. Moisturizer you're in. was the last thing in my mind. <laughs> Just like solid ground. No, I was like at thirty-five thousand feet above the ground. That doesn't faze me in the slightest. No, I quite like no. flying. Greg yeah. and I, we went on our honeymoon over to Bora Bora 
and it was like two massive flights it was 11 hours and then it was nine hours and then it was a couple of wee hours in between and didn't feel at all face you, no. no he would travel the world anyway because he works away but um I'm not used to big flights at all and I was like 11 hours is going to be horrendous the, the longest I think I'd been before was four because we would have done New York it's four isn't it five it's about five Fine. I think five then would have been the ah, oh, the is not that bad <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm 17 years there. older I think the flight there was about seven hours was it yeah I guess it depends home, on the airline the flight home from Washington was five and a half are you counting your time difference though no, no, no. Is no. there something funny going on there? No, no, no. The time, see, Saturday morning, I was totally, I had a clue what was going on because we left, we left DC at, ah, it must have been about seven o'clock at night. It was a five hour flight and I arrived home at half six in the morning. I was like, what's going on? Like, how have I traveled 12 hours within five hours? Yeah. It didn't make any sense to you me at all. time? Yeah, time difference. Oh, no. Me. You lose time coming home, don't you? Yeah, you gain time going. Because they're behind. Sure, yeah. yeah. Smile and nod. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just have to get back on the grind. Well, the and longest then... we had done before was the five hours. So I was thinking like 11 is going to be awful. And it was totally fine. That was great, actually. I don't think I could survive 11. I couldn't do it. Oh, I've done a like a 20 something hour flight before. I can do that. Like a solid flight or like changeover? I think the longest solid flight was 16 and a half or 16.50 oh, or something. Was that like to that? Hong Kong? Did you go there? No, we went to Hong Kong from Thailand, so it was quite short. Oh, right, okay. Um, that, I think the longest flight I did was from here to Australia, from yeah. London to Australia. That was direct? Uh, no, it, gosh, where was it? I stopped off at. No, we stopped off in Dubai. No, uh, it wasn't Dubai, Dubai. Singapore, maybe was Singapore. It? Uh, it is a long Stopped flight. off there, and yeah. then from Singapore to Perth, um, yeah. and then the Philippines is a very long flight as well. It was from London to Manila. I yes. can't remember how long oh. it was, but I think it was in around the sixteen hours yeah, as well. That been a long well, we went to China first, and then from China to the Philippines. Um, yeah, but I don't mind. Sorry, I'm just. He's like, nope, 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 and I'm like, yes, this life sounds amazing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's so different. I'm curious to know, Ryan, why the YouTube was coming up. Because so many people, I haven't done the YouTube now in such a long time, and so many people have almost forgotten that I did it, or uh, they don't tend to ask anymore. So I'm I curious sort of knew, how you knew you had done it. Yeah. And wanted to know why you did it. Yeah. First of all, because I haven't asked yet. Yeah, you haven't. And uh, why you did it, and where you went, and what what you got up to. Okay. So why did you do it? Why did I do it? Um, gosh, well. I was already at this stage in my life doing the hair extensions um, and it was around this time that I decided I want to sor- wanted to source my own hair extension brand. Okay. This was many years ago and I started writing a blog alongside other things that I was doing. My blog was around um, the topics of like wellness, organisation, um, what was it called? You should read that. Uh-huh, it wasn't so funny. it wasn't a very <laughs> lengthy process wellness health organization and it was like work-life balance okay i oh, also yeah, I added in like if you've ever heard of the law of attraction oh yes so i added in a lot of blogs about the law of attraction and stuff and um how i used the law of attraction to implement my goals and oh, things like that, that so the law of attraction it um gosh how do i summarize it in a sentence that makes sense it's essentially the you know like Einstein's philosophy thoughts become things the thoughts that you put into the universe do come back in some sense okay. um so the law of attraction is 
so many people will have different interpretations of this so I would say people that are more into the law of attraction listening to this might think I'm talking complete baloney but in my version the law of attraction is um, kind of a, a system that you can use to trick your mind so our mind's the most powerful thing we have mm-hmm. you tell it anything and your mind will believe it you tell it something good it will try to sabotage it um, so it's a case of kind of manipulating your mindset I think and almost okay almost going into a kind of naivety denial or something and believing that what you're writing is true and you write it in in present tense so if you got the law of attraction journal for example um the exercises that they got you to do was um to write down a list of things that you're grateful for in your life at the moment and that puts you in a positive place puts you in an accepting place and then they give you a task to write down um the things that you want in life like your goals but if as if you've already achieved them so if um say for example i was i was grateful for my health was my true fact Mm -hmm. and something that i wanted was um i am grateful for finding my own brand of hair extensions i would write it as if i've already achieved it i'm so thankful and grateful that i found my hair extension brand and you're putting that thought you're putting it's like aligning the energies of your belief that you have achieved that in into like into the universe you know and it's it's manifestation so then those realities can become or those thoughts could become reality yeah kind of i mean it's not it's not a an instant thing it's not going to you know it's not like a genie in the bottle yeah (laughs) if if it was (laughs) it would be great if it was well and then would it because then everyone would just have everything they want and yeah it'd be a very weird world if everybody had what they wanted um but if you are interested in it, if anyone listening oh, is interested in it, um, <laughs> they could watch The Secret. It's um, it's an introductory into it. Yeah. Okay. I have the books and the, the documentary and stuff of it. I don't love it because there are so many more advanced kind of journeys into it. But I think if you don't know anything about it and you want to know, The Secret sums it up really well, really simply. Um, and it's a good introductory okay. line into it. You know, but yeah, I, I haven't I totally went off yet, topic. So you, can, you can have it like no, because I haven't even started, but I just know <laughs> oh, it exists. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I actually had a guy give it to me after a wedding party one night, happened to be talking to him, and said he asked what I did, and I'd said I had um, my wee studio in the town, I had my own business, and he was like, Young people in business, this is great. And he was all like, Fill in to just being like, oh, You know, this is the way forward, I'm really excited for you. And I was like, Wow, okay, what's happening? But it was really encouraging. And he was like, I have a book have a book for you Aww. and he went to his car and he gave me this book out he's like you take that you read it you'll be great and I was like all right thank you I don't know when I'll get time to read it but That's I'll hopefully nice. get to it at some point haven't yet but like well you can watch it you can I didn't realize it was a documentary yeah. so I'll, I'll maybe look at that instead you can watch it it's very I love that the most people that I've spoke to about the secret it's been given to them randomly by mm. a complete stranger or um something along those lines I remember I was actually in New York at the time and I I was 17 when I discovered the law of attraction. I was in quite a bad place in my life, which is why I was in New York. Uh, I was there with my my stepdad, pretty much my dad, and my mum. And uh, they took me there just to get me away from everything. And uh, it was totally random. There was a fella called Sean, if you're listening to this, hi. (laughs) And he was from Limavati. And I bumped into him a couple of nights out, like really spread out. Didn't really know him. I think he got my number and uh, we messaged a couple of times and then nothing really came of it but he calls me years later was like I've just watched this thing called The Secret you should watch it and he had no idea I needed something like positive in my life at that time and I watched it that night and I'm telling you 
I've still to this day would say that it tr- transformed my attitude overnight and I stopped I mean the, you know the, when I say I was in a bad place in my life I genuinely was um, but it was also mixed with um, being a, a hormonal teenager as well and thinking that the world's out to get you um, but I experienced some really negative things in my life but as soon as I watched that documentary I stopped playing the victim I stopped saying boohoo per me this happened to me and I took full responsibility that it was my life and it was my my choices maybe led me to what happened or um, in some way that I could have manifested that to happen. I mean, it doesn't. it's not necessarily the case mm. now that I'm a bit older, but it did change my mindset. And then I was like, if I'm in control of everything, if I've manifested this, what else can I manifest? Empowering and it was really mindset. empowering. I and that. I think my family saw the change. My mum probably thought I was a maniac. <laughs> She probably thought that it was too much of a drastic change and okay. she didn't really like it that we much. Concerned and more so, was she? She just thought I would grow out of it. Okay. But years later, I was still talking about the law of attraction. I was going to a life coach um, who specialised in the law of attraction right. and it helped significantly with the things that I've achieved. Um, yeah, I, I haven't spoken about it or been involved in it in a long time now. But I do think, you know, now talking about it, I should start writing my little gratitude journal and things again because it does put me in a very positive place yeah. I think the more positive you are the more sort of positives you can attract in your life yeah I think that's yeah that makes sense totally realizing I didn't answer your question of why I started YouTube <laughs> by the way so essentially I was writing my blog about the wellness health law of attraction um and uh, work-life balance and my partner at the time was my best friend he he and I studied at uni together that's where we met and he was studying media and video editing and then I was studying the creative writing and he was having a real lack of job satisfaction in the video production company that he worked with at the time. He wanted to travel, he wanted to venture out, I wanted to travel, I wanted to write, um, I wanted to be a presenter because my acting career started to plummet a little bit and I had some negative experiences there and I thought let's try presenting. So we came up with the idea in January or February of 2016 and we booked flights uh, for March 2016 so we really I took out a significantly large loan (laughs) gave him two-thirds of it to buy camera equipment and to fund his side of the travels and then I took a third of it to fund my travels as well and we kind of worked out a deal that he would pay me back over the the next year and a half Um, but it, it launched the YouTube channel and we went to Thailand first we went over for Songkran Water Festival and we just had this real desire to travel and especially for Thailand he had been to Thailand once already and he had worked with the elephants I've always wanted to do that and I just always had this even from a young age always felt this pull towards Thailand and it started from that and then it was actually whenever we were um, we were sitting on a beach one evening and I just had this pull again I like to kind of use that I feel like I gravitate towards things and I trust my instincts and go with it had this instinct whenever I get back to England I'm going to back move back to Northern Ireland and open a salon and it was the first time I had ever thought of that and um, he was supportive and he was like yeah let's do that I want out of the country as well he was kind of um, you know as the lack the job dissatisfaction was also tying in with a friendship group dissatisfaction at the time as well he wanted to get away from it and a fresh start So we moved to Northern Ireland together and um, I started up the first salon and then we did the Philippines trip and then it was kind of at the Philippines trip I realised my relationship was ending (laughs) and uh, we were more friends than a couple and uh, the past two years of our life was all about opening salons, business, video editing, 
travel there was no relationship there so we ended and um he took the channel then as his own so he's rebranded it uh, it got to eighteen thousand followers wow. um which were subscribers which is quite good and my instagram got to about six thousand and those followers still follow me but he did take the youtube channel and he's rebranded it now to sam was here okay. which is disappointing and i'm back to square one if i ever mm-hmm. do a youtube channel again it will probably be more lifestyle business and family because i would like to start a family soon ish mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll probably blog uh, or vlog about okay. that kind of thing cool yeah I didn't realise that he it was still going. I thought mm-hmm. it was just totally. I thought it was taken down actually. No, he rebranded it to Sam was here, so it was right. Travel in Twos, which was yeah. the name I came up with the night we decided to do this. <laughs> um, and uh, I made the Facebook page. He made the YouTube channel. He was the videographer and uh, produced all of the content and edited it, which is a lot of work. I've done editing myself as well, mm-hmm. so I can appreciate that. I was the face of it. Um, I was, mm-hmm. I think, coming up with most of the ideas, planning the trips, planning the actual day activities, doing the talking to camera and kind of mm-hmm. selling the place. Um, so I think a lot of the subscribers came for me, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the subscribers came for his editing style because he was a cinem- cinematic style videographer okay. and very talented. Um, it was difficult to decide who would take it. and. I partly regret giving it away so easily, but I, at the time, I was happy yeah. with the decision of ending the relationship and he wasn't, he was oh. he was devastated and he was really upset and I felt this was something that he could take away yeah. um, and keep him motivated and keep him focused and, you know, make something of it. And I had the business anyway. Yeah. So it was kind of amicable at the time and then it did turn sour. And then I regretted it. Um, and then I actually hacked into it and changed the password. <laughs> um, yeah, for various reasons, which I won't go into. Um, that took a turn I wasn't expecting. It did take I a turn. Um, but I, I kept it locked for, so no one could use it until we came to an agreement of some very important things that I won't discuss for his sake. Yeah. And then I gave it back to him. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Roundabout odd way but yeah well no you've got to fight for what's right too <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah so um i assume that was something you really enjoyed is it like you said about the lifestyle vlogs and the mm-hmm. family vlogs would you do travel again I get asked a lot, mainly from Filipinos. I get contacted a lot. I think a lot of the fan base and subscribers came from the Philippines. And I still get a lot of Instagram messages. And I I look at the the YouTube channel occasionally and scroll through newest comments. And there's still a lot of, I miss Zoe. Are you just going to travel again? Um, The answer probably is no. If I travel, I will probably just travel because I want to see the place and not so much make videos. Mm. Um, I know it's an odd coincidence but my current partner is also a videographer um which is so bizarre Uh, apparently so but very 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 different people um but they just have similar qualification and um but i don't see much happening in that sense like we we went to um australia together for a month and we didn't barely even took photographs because i just really enjoy being with him and just simply being in each other's yeah, company in the moment yeah and he's a screen. he hits yeah. his worst nightmare people knowing what he's up to and <laughs> you know building a following and stuff he's just not interested in it he would support me if i chose to do it um but it's just it, we haven't really discussed it if i did do i still i do think about youtube i do think it's a really good platform mm-hmm. and i do find it enjoyable it feeds into your kind of presentation yeah. or your not acting and such but the presenter side of 
It can do, and especially the hair and beauty industry, because I've really come to realise I'm not going anywhere when it comes to this hair and beauty industry. Like, you know, it was a very odd thing to set up and very random, but I'm still doing it seven years later. And now I'm teaching other people how to do it. And I have so many more plans. I've got two other brands in my head that I've been thinking about for about two years. And I think this year I might launch one of them. Um, So if I start a YouTube channel again, it would be business wellness and family like kind of how, how I'm managing it all yeah, that sounds great because <laughs> um, I watch a lot of YouTube channels like that yeah so yeah. you obviously you have the interest there yeah yeah that sounds great mm-hmm. I'll get chinned in whenever you start it <laughs> <laughs> maybe more so then can we focus on what you do you saying that like about the work-life balance what do you yeah. do in your spare time what are you into you're like is mm. your work life really hectic or can you I suppose you're in the role like we you, you run the business mm-hmm which I imagine gives you a wee bit more freedom at times no maybe not it depends what way if you had have asked me this question six or seven months ago I would probably cry and be like I'm doing everything oh okay I'm doing all the paperwork financial stuff taxes myself I'm doing all the bookings corresponding with people myself email marketing social media management the actual fittings I'm doing I was doing everything it was a one-woman band and I my health took a serious hit yeah you can't do it all so yeah recently I don't work as much as I used to I have an amazing staff member Christy and it took me two years to find her and I was doing interviews actively for about nine or ten months and I could not find someone that I felt was the right person she never applied she was a client of mine she was studying still is studying an English degree and I just had a gut feeling and I was like ever considered the hair and beauty oh my god so I'd love to do a makeup course I'd love to do beauty I'd love to do hair my mum was a hairdresser and I was like do you want a job (laughs) (laughs) come work for me please (laughs) pretty much and you know we kind of joked about it and she was like I'd love that and she was currently working in Tesco's at the time and studying her full-time degree and then it was about a month or two later I wrote up the job description and I was about to post it again to start the interview process and I screenshotted it, sent it to her and I said the job's yours if you want it before I advertise and she said this is the craziest thing I've ever done but I'll hand in my notice tomorrow and she did and she's been with me ever since um, and she's, yeah, she's now qualified in all of the methods that I do. She is pretty much well she is she's doing everything in Coleraine herself now I still take care of all of the messages the finance side of things the advertising um we've now recently been able to offer credit so people can spread Mm, the cost of their services so I I deal with all of that and then I'll be running Belfast and she's in Coleraine three days a week at the moment while she's studying when she finishes uni she can either go full-time Korean or she can go full-time in between the two locations and I can then take a further step back but the past six months for me have been a bit of a sabbatical yeah I'm sure um, it was within that trip or uh, within that period of time I went to Australia for a month I really needed it I needed a, a break and I think it took about five months for me to recharge my batteries and then I had to go through an operation so it took me about a couple of weeks to recover from that which right. was back in February the end of February um and now I'm itching to go now I'm really I'm bored I'm restless I can't wait to get my teeth stuck back into things but I'm I'm bearing in mind now I'm constantly reminding myself to remember what happened yeah you burnt yourself out you had to take six months out of work you know if you just give it 50% less energy <laughs> yeah you still do amazing you can things do probably the whole year yeah I mean I t- essentially took half a year out yeah you know whereas if I go 50% instead of 100% it can be a bit more consistent throughout the year yeah 
and um, especially because I know that I want to start a family soon. Yeah, I know you don't have that time there. Yeah, you're able to find a, a team member that you can trust as well. It's yeah. quite hard to find someone like that, so I can see why yeah. it took so long. But yeah, obviously it was meant to be if it came about that way. Yeah, honestly, I there's obviously things that going back to the sort of great uh, gratitude and being grateful for things I count my blessings for Christy every single day I really do because she's such a hard worker she's the most polite girl um she's creative she she can handle difficult clients as well um now (laughs) and uh she'll just really go above and beyond for you and she's truly passionate about what she does and she wants to help and she wants your business to succeed um it's all the qualities that you could imagine for the ideal member of staff and we really then help each other in that way and I want to see her grow in this industry and I want her to succeed and it's just a really lovely working relationship that's 100% built on trust. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, because I did, I took a massive risk. Um, I mean, I I just know Christy would never do anything to harm anybody or a business but I did still take a huge leap of faith. Yeah. I left... Oh, like I can't even quantify how much stock um I left in the salon under her watch yeah and you know there's so much stock that if something did a couple of bundles did slide you might miss it you know but um we stay on top of everything and I just yeah I just know that she wouldn't do that yeah so well that's that's lovely sometimes you, love you that. have to take a leap of faith don't you sometimes yeah <laughs> I'm not good at that yeah I'm what age very- are you 22. I think that will come with time okay. because I I really truly believed that I'm 22 are <laughs> what? you are 22 aren't you I don't know I don't I... Yeah. did I miss your birthday <laughs> I don't know <laughs> that's funny um, no but even until maybe a year ago I truly believed that there was nobody like me in this business that the only person that could do it was me that the only person that had that level of skill was me, that could deal with the clients was me, that it was my business, so I had to be completely in control of it. And I still am. It's 100% still in my control. But I had to have a bit of an ego check and be like, are you... Like, I was, what do you, had to assess what I wanted most in life. And at this time in my life, I wanted freedom, financial freedom and time so I can have children I keep going back to that but that was the main thing so I was like I can't do both I want my mom was a very very hard worker she never got to spend a lot of time with us whenever we were kids and I know it bothered her and uh, I don't want that I want to be able to be with my kids as much as possible so I had to decide what do you want most do you want to let go of your ego a little bit and put you more in line with what you actually want or do you want to truly believe that there's nobody like you yeah and I had to really yeah I had to swallow a bit of my pride and go well do you know what it took me some time to learn I wasn't an expert at year one Mm -hmm. so I can't expect anybody else to be yeah so I had to just recognize that a couple of things might go wrong that I might lose a couple of clients that um you know mistakes happen and I had to just accept that that was going to be my reality before it happened and um give Christy the the chance to truly learn it and to I mean you Practice makes perfect and you evolve with your mistakes as well. Yeah. The only mistake that Christy and I have ever made is taking in the wrong clients. Since we started up, uh, we took one particular girl that we shouldn't have taken and I wasn't there at the time. And uh, in hindsight, if I had have been there, I would know because seven years later, I know who not to take. Yeah. Um, by the way they behave in yeah. the salon. 
Christy didn't know that at the time and she's learned so much from that one experience but we did have a lot of uh, defamation and slander on on social media it's difficult that almost destroyed us and we're still recovering from that but luckily we had hundreds of people private message us and say that she's done this to loads of businesses and she is a hair extension technician herself so she was a bit of competition I think a lot of people though do know like yeah. you see the public side of complaints yeah. and things or if people are you know really vocal mm-hmm. to you but a lot of people that know them personally or know of them in the area if they're local mm-hmm. will know absolutely. what they're like and know not to trust their word whenever they say things like that absolutely so can imagine you would have a lot more support yeah. than what and maybe I'm, it would originally seem like when you see the like I'm sure your 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 back got up you were probably like really panicked I'm oh, like yeah. what's gonna happen oh yeah but I'm sure the support message it caused me a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. and uh, particularly for Christy's safety as well oh, and wow. luckily I only lived um, around the corner from the Korean salon so whenever she messaged me and said that she felt like nervous or whatever her words were at the time I rushed over and by the time I got there the client had disappeared because okay. she knew I was on my way and she probably knew that she wouldn't get through me the way she was getting at Christy Um, but before I even got there she was gone and her sisters were social media attacking me and my name was plastered all over all of the buy swap sell pages around the area their personal pages it was being shared like a very very tremendous amount and um, we just had to put damage control in place and I released a I think it was a 17 minute video describing the events that had happened without actually mentioning anybody's name and I said I mean this is a small town I'm sure people that have seen this client's post will put two and two together and then we got threatened um, to remove it and got phone calls for a while it went on for quite a bit of time um, but the the general public support was a lot and even from people that I didn't know were writing to me saying I'm so sorry to see that you're the latest victim of those girls and I was just like oh my gosh yeah yeah and that's when I left to go to Australia (laughs) (laughs) after it died down a bit I was like I need a break my my fella was out there working I was I'm coming out and then nobody knows that I didn't didn't announce it only now I'm announcing that I was actually in Australia when all of that was going on because I couldn't handle it anymore it it does cause you a lot of anxiety yeah that's ridiculous like there's no need for it Mm mm-hmm but there are people like that out there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you never witness it again. <laughs> no, I think Christy has learned and even now, um, sometimes if we don't deem somebody to be suitable for whatever reason, we just simply say, I don't think we're the right salon to do what you want. Maybe our expectations aren't meeting here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just the best way to yeah. choose your clients. Yeah. You know? yeah, definitely. It's a tough mm-hmm. thing to do at the start though. Yeah. It's definitely a tough thing to do, but I've found that myself. Mm-hmm. There's, there's been people who, not that we didn't want to work with, but we mm-hmm. thought, this could be tricky. Yeah. But at the start, you sort of, well, we bit the bullet and did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And we haven't had a bad experience, to be fair. It turned out okay. Mm-hmm. It was fine. But at the start, it was, it's hard to turn away at work. Absolutely. You just sort of have to learn from it. And Absolutely. Once you grow a wee bit, you, you do have the choice to... Yeah. But you do back. get the feeling. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. Yeah. Like I had a couple I know as well. You've had it too. Yeah. <laughs> um, where like you don't, you know, you, you expect it to be bad. Sometimes it turns out to be fine, mm-hmm. but sometimes you just expect it to be bad, and hopefully it works out. But sometimes you sort of have to 
granted that. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely a lot to be said about trusting your gut instinct. Yeah, um, and I completely understand at the beginning of the business, I probably wouldn't have been so selective because I wanted the money. I needed yeah. the money to, to survive yeah. and to get the word out there. But, you know, you could get 10 great clients and they'll maybe put the word out marginally. Yeah. Because, but, yeah. I know what you mean. And yeah. especially because they don't want people to know they're wearing hair extensions. So they tend not to tell people they're wearing hair extensions. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get the one client and she's maybe not 100% satisfied and she'll tell the whole world, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Um, so even though, I mean, my advice to anybody that would be starting out in this industry, I can't advise you with your industry because it's a completely different area. Um, but if there was someone thinking of opening a salon and things and they were wondering how do you turn clients away when you've got a bad feeling if you need the money, you're like, that money will pay you that one client, but you could lose 20 others yeah. if that one person goes and gives you a bad review yeah. or more. And I can't quantify how much I've I've lost. I mean, yeah. I look at my figures at the end of every month and it's significantly dropped from mm-hmm. before that happened. Mm-hmm. It's starting to slowly build again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after an experience you like that, you sort of have to play the long game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, we have a very thorough consultation process. We have methods to suit every hair type. Mm. The difficulty with the hair extension industry or the beauty industry in general is it's built on vanity. Um, And sometimes it can be built on, well, it's built on making people feel better Mm -hmm. about themselves in some way or another. And sometimes hair extensions aren't going to make you feel better. Yeah. And sometimes getting makeup and nails and tan and spending all that money is not going to fix whatever's going on in your heart or mm-hmm. in your mind. Yeah. And then I do, I do believe I've come to the conclusion over some years that um, some people may spend all this money to make themselves feel a certain way. And whenever that doesn't happen and they still feel the way they did before, they'll have buyer's remorse they'll go, I shouldn't have wasted all this money. It doesn't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not connecting those dots themselves, but it's quite evident to me yeah. now yeah. that yeah. those are the dots that are being linked up. So um, there's, you know, without saying too much, there's particular keywords or sentences that we look out for now in consultations that are maybe a bit of an indication not to go there, you know? Yeah. And I think it's right. I think it's doing the right thing by the client as well to say, mm-hmm. actually, no, I'm not prepared to take your money for this service because I don't feel like I'm going to give you what you want. Yeah. You know, there's loads of other people that might. Yeah. And at the top of my priorities has always been the safety of the natural hair. I ruined my hair years ago with bad extensions, bad bleach, all everything you could imagine. And it fell out <laughs> oh. pretty much like a lot fell out and I had to get it cut to the bottom of my ear. And that was about four years ago or so. And now it's the safety of the natural hair comes first above anything. And we could have some clients come in and show us a photograph and say, I want this much hair. And I'm like, your hair will fall out if we do that. Um, And I I offer them other methods, but they're maybe not going to achieve what their expectations were. And sometimes you just need to gauge which ones are listening to you and which ones aren't. And um, particularly we have methods that are suitable for fine hair. But the methods that are developed for fine hair aren't as strong. They fall out more. Mm-hmm. So you need to come for a maintenance every four weeks. And you might hand me a bundle of 10, 15 strands every four weeks. Um, and that's okay. I would rather put those strands in every four weeks than go, your hair's falling out. Yeah. yeah. What do we like, do? Because that's, that's not replaceable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That could that could absolutely destroy me. But not everybody appreciates that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the best reviews you'll get is the hair lasted this length of time. They, let, they stayed in my hair the whole time, not a problem. But whenever you've got a client, I could put tiny eye tips in the hair, for example, and they stay really well, but it might pull the natural hair out. Mm-hmm. 
And then where does that leave either yeah, of us? Yeah, over time, there's nothing to glue the hair to. Yeah, or... and morally that doesn't sit right with me, but not everyone appreciates that because they want the instant results. They want to look the way they want to look. They're looking at Pinterest and they go, I want that. I was just going to say, like, I think the social media, like Pinterest, Instagram pictures sometimes get into people's heads and they're mm-hmm. like, if I get this hair, I'll look like them. Mm-hmm. Or if I get a videographer to video me from this angle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It probably is reachable in lots of different areas, like, but yeah. it's not always the case. Yeah, and it's it's a professional's job to say, you know, that, that looks great. Um, We can make you know, something look equally as great on you, but actually that hairstyle will do this to you and it, it might not be the best for your face shape. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a professional's job to in, like to highlight those sorts of things, but not everybody does appreciate that they want what they want. Yeah. And whenever you have a client that just wants what they want you and you feel like you can do it safely, great, do it. But if you feel like you can't achieve it safely, we just can't, we can't take it, can't take the risk. Yeah. No, and I, I think it's the respectful yeah. thing to do as yeah. well. Yeah. I think probably in hindsight, the customer will respect that yeah hopefully a lot of the time I've had um I've said no to clients yeah. and they're great clients I've said no this isn't going to work and they have one elsewhere and they've come back in tears and their hair's been ruined by someone yeah. else and I'm like I can't do anything now yeah you know um and then it goes you're, you've gone back to square one and it's a slow process of building the hair strength back up before you can add the method that they want in mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of time and patience and if you if you follow the professional advice you get great results but if you don't you can ruin your hair yeah yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah no it's totally yeah i would imagine there'd be a few people that could make your life difficult with yeah. saying no though as well um have you had any that you've said no to that have been upset about it or how um, do you manage that if so have they all been relatively okay? Most people are relatively okay. I mean, I think they've come to realise through word of mouth that I am someone to listen to. Like, mm-hmm. I, they can trust my advice. So most people come with an open mind now. And whenever they're asking for something, they will say, but you're the professional, like, you know best. Um, and then I'll give them certain options and then they can either choose or decline. Um, and it is quite as straightforward as that. It's not overly difficult anymore. I've only ever had... The only problems I've ever really had is when something's been caught off guard, whereby when I was a little bit less experienced, I would do what I felt was do clients a favour and bring them down for a consultation and a fitting on the same day because they were maybe travelling for two and a half hours and I didn't want to bring them down for a consultation, send them home, which was my standard procedure, and then book them in for an appointment. I thought, I'll do this both in one day and you can send me a photo of your hair and then we can just go from there. And then when I've brought them down, actually, then I'm realising I can't meet your expectations. And then there's tears and there's, oh, this was my big hair day and I meet my boyfriend after this and I wanted to have my long hair and I'm going, well, I'm really sorry, but the hair extensions you have in your hair at the minute aren't coming out, you Mm. know, because somebody else has blooming super glued them in (laughs) by the looks of things. So it's only when I've been caught off guard that there's been tears and there's been drama and there's been cursing and there's been telling me to go here and whatever. Um, and it's been quite aggressive actually now if that happened they'd be out yeah. there'd be no way I would stand for that but then I was like what do I do my reputation's going to be ruined this woman thinks I'm a horrible person and I would have to pause the conversation and say you know can we just go and make a cup of tea here a second and calm so I could go into the kitchen and cry for a second and yeah. come back out after breathing <laughs> just be ready to yeah <laughs> take um, it on yeah so I mean there's been a couple of situations like that um, which have been unfortunate um but in general, it's it's 
pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah. great. Yeah. And you're able to see over time. Yeah. 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 One thing I just want to touch on, sort of, in a closing, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got um, like the scar <laughs> person, actually, don't we? Yeah. Is uh, the, the burning out mm-hmm. thing, just in general. Um, I would say, I don't think I was close to burning out before Christmas, but a lot of people were worried that I was very close to it. Um, how did you how did you know it was happening you were anxious about a few things but was there you know were you was your work not up to the standard that it was earlier or what what how did you know you were burning out and how did you deal with it I would well, say going to Australia. apart <laughs> from that I left it too late I had a lot of people telling me that I was going to burn out I had a lot of adults saying oh don't work that hard you'll burn yourself out yeah. or you know or put your phone away you're at home now stop working yeah. and it used to really really annoy me it still annoys me because yeah. I am in charge of my own business and yeah. my own time um so I used to really resent it I used to really hate it which would probably make me work even more but it was yeah. a circle that went on for years and I think in your early 20s, it's very natural, especially in this generation, because everybody, you know, entrepreneur and business owner and all that, it's a very hyped up buzzword. And, mm-hmm. you know, young people, I say this as if I'm old, but young people these days really are seeing how many opportunities there are available to them and they don't want to go and get a job. They all want to go freelance. So everyone's hustling. I hate that word, the hustle. The yeah. hustle. I'm like, what are you hustling for? Are you a gangster? Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Gary v, <laughs> a, it's a lot of Gary V, and I respect Gary V, and I have a lot. Um, I, I think a lot of things he says certainly makes sense. Yeah. Um, in context. Yeah. And I think I I just left it too late. I just there was one. You know, there was a day I just couldn't get up. <laughs> yeah. and there was a day I was like, I can't do it anymore. And I think more so rather than recognizing that I burnt out. I reached the age of 27. I realized I have a biological clock. <laughs> I realized that I um I can't keep working like this if I also want other things in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think it was more a case that I didn't recognize that I burnt out, but I recognized that my priorities had changed. And almost like overnight, everything I woke up and everything I wanted was different all of a sudden. And I was like, how do I combat this? And then it was when I started to combat that and accept that I wanted something else was when I realised I had burnt out. It took me months after to realise, you know what, looking back, I was a zombie. I was (laughs) running around like a lunatic. I was talking quickly. I'd never had the time to to actually let someone finish their sentence, particularly my mum, my family. Uh, I was always on the go, you know, and it just, yeah, looking back, it was like, what were you doing? And I don't even know if I achieved what I wanted to achieve. I I sort of got to the stage where I felt just before Christmas I was busy doing nothing. Yeah. And I, like, I felt like I needed to do this. I needed to, you know, be in the office to nine, ten at night and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And then that sort of, it sort of hit me that I was getting stuff done and I got everything that I needed to do done. But there was one stage where I sort of, my natural inkling to do something was just go to the office and do it. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, if I could have took a night off, I didn't bother. But I don't know why. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I could have done it. But it was just, you're so used to it and you sort of like, get into the cycle of, you know staying yeah. in the office so late and you know I w- like I wouldn't say being in the office early like I, I like started nine and just mm-hmm. worked through till whenever I was done but like I think from from September to Christmas I think I was home for dinner three times mm-hmm. and like you sort of see like mom and dad at home they're like what's, you know what's going on like are you are you that busy really 
but I, I was in my head but then there got to the stage where I was I was but I wasn't mm-hmm. uh, I just didn't know how to break the break the cycle it's very addictive very very yeah. addictive that, that I, especially mindset. whenever you love your work yeah like you, you are addicted to mm-hmm. it like it's a very, way, a very good way of putting it there was something I said actually recently that I think whoever came up with the quote um turn your hobby into your job or whatever the quote is yeah and, and you'll never work it in your life or something I, like that whoever came up with that honestly like yeah no needs needs corrected let's yeah. put it that way yeah. because it's all very well turning what you love into a job but then you start to not love it anymore when that it's your solid 100% job 100 was me yeah the problem yeah. Was it turns into the job yeah yeah and you need the you need to pay your bills yeah. and and i also think um there's there's too much motivation going on at the minute and everyone's trying to be an influencer. Everyone's trying to say something worthwhile. Yeah. Everyone's wanting to make a point. Everyone's wanting to be acknowledged for Everyone's oh, that makes sense. Oh, Everyone's, oh, I guys, know. Guys, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? And like just constant quotes, yeah. constant screenshots of motivational stuff. And I yeah. sit sometimes and I'm looking at it and it drains me. I'm like, this motivation? Yeah is taking my motivation yeah. away i think we were actually talking about that recently yeah. that, like i am sick of like listening to the motivational like sometimes you need it sometimes you do when you need to kick up the arse really and get out don't. of bed like, you know, well that was a lot of, a lot of the conversations happening in some of the local entrepreneurs where we're from at the minute is like kind of taking a stop and figuring out why you're doing everything yeah. because everybody's just exhausted working too hard on the little things that Absolutely. they don't really want and it drains your passion and it drains the like whatever essence you have there for doing what you do mm-hmm. disappears whenever you're under too much pressure. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So it's, and that's yeah. very, very good point. Is knowing your reason why? Because mm-hmm. I know when I started my business, my reason why was financial, mm-hmm. and now my reason why is I actually set this up so I can support my family mm-hmm. and be with them. Those are two completely different ends oh, of the yeah. spectrum, and yeah. yeah, knowing your reason why it certainly keeps you on the right path. Yeah, definitely it's <laughs> ryan's like shut up about the why no, 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 no. <laughs> but it also no, no. makes sense no, but like, you just heard it so much find yeah. your why find your why yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, and your why can change which can. i think people can't accept sometimes they're yeah. like oh but i've i've done it this long yes no i can't change it sometimes like, it's actually. a stubbornness thing as yeah. well like mm-hmm. um you know i've worked this hard on this one thing i have to make it succeed yeah and you nearly get this fear of like if it doesn't work people are going to look at me and be like oh look at all that time she wasted or look at all that money he put into his business or look and and the truth is nobody cares no what you're truth, doing. it's your own mind yeah. telling you like people will judge you and like really they probably are just wanting to see you succeed if yeah. they care and if they don't care who cares what they say there was I a think. quote that my and i've i've held this with me for years um my life coach whenever i went to her about four years ago we talked about something similar to that and um, she summed it up really well and at the time I was a bit offended I was like what (laughs) she was just like what makes you think uh, what was it she was like what makes you think you're so special that people are thinking of you anyway yeah I was like what and she was like you have it in your head that people are going to see you in this way or think this or think that and really they're just thinking about themselves what makes you think you're so special I was like damn and <laughs> yeah. I love it though and it stuck with me years yeah. later and it's so true mm-hmm. no one's thinking about us no you know it's only you in your own head <laughs> yeah. putting the pressure on yourself once yeah. you break that cycle hopefully happiness ensues we're probably all maybe all still in the process of that I'm really glad to hear though that you've had that break mm-hmm. and you're now on the other side of it and you're mm-hmm. managing like your time and you're focusing yeah. and refocusing your and I think it's a big priorities. reason why this salon was so easy 
I've never done a project so easy and so affordable in all my life. Mm-hmm. And it's because there was no stress. Yeah. I was like, why am I doing it? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Let's do it this way then. Yeah. And it was so simple. You know, we over, we're human beings. We yeah. overcomplicate everything. Definitely. Too much. Yeah. I think you're very close, like in your own business, you're very close to where you were a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, like we've had a few chats recently and like. Well, no, I think more so, well, I was going to say before my wedding, I was, you didn't know me then. I didn't really know you then. No. I was ridiculously flat to the mat like I was ready to implode yeah and since then I've nearly gone the opposite way where I'm like I'll do everything but work (laughs) okay well no I'm still it I'm still putting myself under like extra pressure but it's not getting anywhere now my free time actually from today finished in my second job yesterday okay that was my last day very good I covered in my old job for a few weeks um but it was putting extra pressure on. So now I'm hoping, and I'm coming to this like slow down period where I'm refocusing everything and kind of, I'm hoping I'm going to end up like, the, like yeah. you, in a few weeks, I'm going to be like, yes, Australia, here I come. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I know where you're coming from. Yeah, because like there was, there was one time a couple of weeks ago, like because you were working two days somewhere else and three days in, you, you could sort of feel that you were not dissatisfied with your job but it just wasn't mm-hmm. you know you'd lost the spark 100%. You, know, something, you know i don't know how to say it but yeah no i know what you mean you're so definitely like right bars down and give you a kick off the ass <laughs> why are you doing this okay i'm gonna focus on this and this is my plan and this is what i want we're yeah. going for it and i am like yeah i think that's what you needed but i think so yeah it took like, somebody to yeah be... sometimes you need you know a gentle word in your ear and sometimes you need to kick up the ass oh, so you were seeing it from the studio side Whereas, I was seeing it from the, sort of the inside, yeah. Yeah, whereas like my family and all were seeing me run into every single thing in the Ever. local area. Yeah. And they were like, oh, this girl's doing loads. Yeah. And they were just like, oh, look at, look at yeah. what my daughter did. Look at what my daughter yeah. did. And they probably didn't see the dissatisfaction. Probably not. The office. No, and then whenever like, I told the them, they were like, it's not that bad. They were like, it's okay. You can you can do yeah. whatever you want to do. And I was like, oh. And you were like, yeah. <laughs> choose what you want to do and I was like yeah. okay okay <laughs> you gotta stop and listen sometimes yeah absolutely but no I think that was that was a really good chat thank you very much for coming on no problem I'd probably like to follow up with you maybe at some point once this new studio Ooh, gets underway yeah. and yeah. or salon sorry I keep saying studio new salon underway and whatever these new plans are that you're keeping under wraps I'm yeah. very excited to yeah. see what, what comes up um, no but... excuses for us now no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry I don't even think my fella knows half of it <laughs> big surprise for everybody Um, and I'm really excited to see what what the future holds for you and hopefully yeah we'll get you on again yeah definitely Um, it's been great to chat to you and very insightful I like it yeah definitely so do you want to give your social media plug Mm -hmm. your your salons a plug yeah sure Um, oh gosh this could change but anyway right now my Instagram is Zoe Smedberg and um, for my personal page and then the hair extension hub on Facebook and Instagram Okay. That's it. Brilliant. It's as simple as that. Brilliant. So uh, definitely go um, check out our Facebook, Instagram, give her a follow, and uh, give us a follow as well um, on Instagram and Facebook and uh, Apple, Mu- Apple, no, Apple Music. Anchor's Apple kind Podcast, of our... Anchor, Spotify. Um, All of the above yeah, social media. Subscribe. Anything that you can buy in an app online, yeah. we're on there, yeah, we promise. Probably. <laughs> Apart from one, there's a guy who came up to me a couple of weeks ago and said, Are you, Is your podcast on such and such? I was like, Oh no, that's the one that it's not on. <laughs> Come on, dude. Help us out here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you very much for the support. Um, the last episode sort of blew us away. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know what happened there. It was great. Thanks everybody for listening and uh, subscribe so you can hear the rest of the, the interesting stories and the interesting people that we get to th- speak to. Yeah, and thanks again to Black Bl- Bl- Studios for hosting us here today. It's been a great spot as always. Yeah, yeah. This is like Sorry, our go-to home, in Belfast. Home away from home, <laughs> it's, it's fab. So uh, yeah, thanks very much. Uh, take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.